of the machine. Welcome back to this week's episode of Men of the Machine. And now, quick prerequisite. Not so much an episode as it is just me making some quick claims. And you're going to hear me wince a little bit. Ooh. And the reason for that is today I am going to New York City to go to Comic-Con. And I am just... So I was, I should say, I was just so excited... I absolutely love it. I talk about it all the time. I, I bring it up on the podcast. I have just been minorly, maybe majorly obsessed with comic books over the past two years. Uh, for example, I got this... Ca- oh, let me explain before I get into this. Okay, so the reason I'm wincing, the reason I'm breathing really deep is I got... So this morning, I got all my stuff packed away last night, right? So I wouldn't have to do it this morning and I wake up, and I come downstairs. Franny's down here. She's getting ready to go. She, Christy came over. She got a flat tire yesterday. It's a whole thing. But the important part of the story is she leaves, and I'm laying on the couch. Like, I have a, a recliner couch, so I'm in my I'm in my, my seat that's fully reclined out. And I'm just barely awake, kind of laying there. And Franny kisses me goodbye, and she leaves. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So I sit in there watching TV. And I said to myself, you know what, I'll, I should get up and get started. Jeff's going to be here in, well, from, from right now where I'm sitting in about an hour and a half. But at the time, it was about two and a half hours. And I was like, okay, let's double check my bag, get in the shower, get dressed, have a little me time, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, I go to, without, oh, sorry, oh, that one hurt. Without unreclining my chair, I decide to kind of lift and rotate my body out of the seat and sure enough I threw my back out and and I want to say it's not as embarrassing as when you sneeze and throw your back out which full disclosure both me and my wife have done before but it sure does feel pretty goddamn embarrassing and it hurts so bad and I have to ride a two-hour train and walk around New York City with a luggage bag and try to not keel over and wince every time I move which if you can't tell is easier said than done if I take too deep of a breath everything locks up on me and I can feel I can I can pinpoint this muscle I know exactly where it's wreaking havoc on my body and it's the same one except on the other side that always does this I throw my back out pretty frequently it's not like a once in a every few years thing it's like it's like every six months to a year I do something stupid and throw it out, and it all started back when I was working uh, as in the in the. Sorry, this is really hard to talk through. I feel like I feel like I'm in labor, giving birth with obviously half the pain, maybe maybe three quarters of the pain of birth. I mean, it's not like that's even hard, anyways. What am I saying? Anyways, and uh, I was a beekeeper for two years, and and the boxes of honey they can weigh up to up upwards of max limit of around 100 pounds and that's almost as much as I weighed when I was doing it so needless to say I wasn't like one of those big hulking guys like oh let me just pull this top box off and set it on my knee and pull stuff and you're getting stung and you're in a full body suit on a 95 degree day you're sweating your butt off and I went and I picked up one of those boxes and I kind of rotated poorly because as you know when you're supporting a lot of weight you're supposed to use just your lower back to rotate and twist, obviously. You don't use your whole body. That's just common lifting knowledge. And I threw it out then, and that was the start of a very weak back. And 
the second time I was, we had an apartment in uh, Saratoga Springs that we were on the second, fl- well, kind of the third, it was the second floor, but our stairs were super tight, 90 degree turn right in the middle of them to go up. It was like this, it was in a big Victorian house and it was just like a little sectioned off area that was ours. Uh, well, that we were renting. And I had all the groceries. And you know the rules. Everyone knows the rules. You don't take two trips unless it's physically impossible not to. So I had my right arm. St- I, I always stack my right arm for or my left arm first. Sorry, correction. I use my right arm and I just fill my left arm up, which is obviously a poor decision because my right arm is much stronger than my left. Not, that's neither here nor there. And I had Franny load up my right arm. And she also had some bags. So I was like, okay, you go get the door. And then I'm going to just stand up and get these inside. I go up onto the porch in the front door, go up the stairs. And because I'm doing like a T-pose thing, I got like my arms left and right out like I'm Jesus. And I go to make that 90 degree turn with my left arm and my upper body a little bit ahead of my legs. And I, I went down like a sack of bricks. I went down so hard. Groceries fell down the stairs. My back was locked up. I didn't actually go up the stairs for like a solid 40 minutes. I just called Franny. I was like, Franny, okay, get all the food. I'm going to lay right here. If I move even the slightest, everything, you know, tightens up and, sorry, deep breath. Oh, gosh. And everything locks up and I'm just going to wait it out. So I just laid on the on the stairs for a little while. She got everything upstairs and then I, that was one of the worst ones. That one I spent about a, about a week grandpa walking, you know, like slight hunch to your back, baby steps your way up it sort of a thing. I do not recommend it in the slightest. And the only reason I don't go get this stuff fixed is that it's it's a I tend to try to not be like a um what would you call it hmm there's a word for this the type of evidence that is purely based on personal observation uh, anecdotal I try not to be a guy who goes off anecdotal evidence but I have known more people who like this hurt themselves once every now and again and are locked down for a little bit and then get back to normal versus it seems like the first time you go to a chiropractor's office then it's like every month you got to go and or you're in pain or you're in some sort of thing well i'm sure that's not the case i know there's a lot of science behind chiropractic i know there's a lot of science against chiropractic i don't know who to believe all i know is the people that i know who go to it now are like lifetime subscribers to chiropractic because their backs are super fucked up and or shoulders or legs or hips or whatever that's the only thing holding me back from going to it but anyways i throw my back out all the time now if i'm holding something in my upper body there's a good chance i'll make a dumb move and throw my back out i still haven't learned but this morning despite it being a bad motion was just it was so i just wanted to get off the couch that's all your man wanted i just wanted to get up and get ready because new york city is beckoning me and it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be so, it's gonna be so terrible for the first day. By tomorrow, lately they've been clearing up quick. Like it's just a quick tweak, maybe just the muscle kind of spasms, and then by the next day it's gone. I'm really hoping that's it. I might stop by like Walmart or something and grab some of those icy hot patches to throw on it. But oh, and tomorrow I was gonna wear. I borrowed my friend Phillips. I borrowed his eye. Uh, Ouch. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Whew. I borrowed his black suit Spider-Man costume that he wore to Connecticut and, or Boston. No, Rhode I don't know. Terrific. He wore it to one of the comic book conventions around here. And I borrowed it from him. And I'm very excited about borrowing it from him. But if I was going to wear it tomorrow, 
I don't want to be a geriatric Spider-Man, though, limping around the showroom floor like, oh, careful, coming through, trying not... Luckily, I have my big friend Patrick with me. He's a, a larger man. He's like six foot three or something. He can kind of be my, my battering ram, but even in this place, I mean, you've heard me talk about it before if you listen to the, episode, the show, and if you're one of the people from Connecticut who only has listened to the show since it changed and has just been me and guests and such... I'm not going to call him guests. You know what? G- DJ is a definitive co-host. Craig is pretty close to it, even though we haven't had a chance because of scheduling and stuff to do a, a Sandman one again. He's like an honorary co-host. Jake was a legitimate, and now we haven't gotten to do many just me and him episodes. I don't know why. We have some really fun ones coming up, though. Like, we're going to do a, just, a little te- just a little tease. Just a little teaser to get you through, because this episode's not going to be a full hour. We are going to end up doing a episode about uh, Flash videos. If you remember the good... Oh, gosh. Why am I trying to talk? I should just go lay down again. Ugh. So, um, you know, old school YouTube videos with uh, Flash player like freaking... I should... Uh, mentally challenged animal babies and crab battle and the ultimate showdown and stuff like that. We're going to just... We're going we're gonna to watch them. We're going to talk about them and... Yeah, so much review them as just kind of have fun reliving the good old days of being a young teenager who figured out how the internet works, and instead of looking up pictures of Jenna Jameson naked and saving it into a secret photo folder that you right-clicked and made hidden so that your family couldn't find it, so that you could go to your computer late at night and right-click in your file system and hit show hidden and then pop it up, and you just had a big thing of boobies, and you had to do it that way because you only had dial-up at the time, and it took like... 10 minutes just to load one google image of boobies so you would take your time load one and then instantly save it and try to start loading another one before someone came in and eventually it came like 30 pages and you just had any at that point in time just just the view the simple image of boobies was enough to get you where you needed to be unlike adults now who are desensitized and have to look at all this naughty stuff and you get you get what i'm saying so we're going to relive that, and I'll probably retell that story again. So, Jake, when we're talking about that, you hear me telling that story again, just stop me. Just be like, no, no, we've done this like three times now. You've already made it clear. And we're also going to do an episode. I think I said I was doing this one with Jake or Jeff or James or JJ. I got a lot of J friends. Uh, we're going to do an episode about what What did I call it? It was like the sensation episode. I want to, you know, basically have a conversation, eat something really hot, eat something really sour, play that shock game, play, you know, watch a video that's like super off-putting, all that kind of things where your body's reactions take over. Um, and I think that one will be really fun. And uh, we've got a couple lined up like that. So I'll call, oh, Jake will come back to being a co-host. What was I saying? Why did I get so turned off on this? I got so, oh, 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 oh. So anyways, Comic-Con, right. If you listen to the show in the past, so far there's been like four episodes about Comic-Con. Me and Patrick did one about, because we started the podcast a few months after the first New York City Comic-Con I ever went to, and we talked about that. And then last year we did a crossover group podcast of Men of the Machine and Patrick and my other friend Kevin Cardinal's uh, podcast they've got going on called Gifted Punksters, which is pretty cool. And I highly recommend you check it out if you're into punk music. Slash, I mean, they talk about a lot, 
but they are two guys who are so deeply ingrained in the comic slash punk culture. I don't know how much overlap there is, but for these two guys, there's a lot. There's a lot of overlap. Um, if you like those two things, most of their episodes are about them. They do a lot of, you know, like me and DJ do movies. They do something very similar. They don't necessarily step-by-step step it through old movies. They more so just talk about new ones and how they liked them and how they felt about them. And they also do some, uh, what do you call that, Com- commentary videos? See, this is what sucks about not having someone here to balance me. I, I misquote so much, which I will talk about in a minute. So check them out. Anyways, another, let's get off the throwing out my back Comic-Con train. Another big announcement that I should have done at the beginning. I got a new logo! And so I've been working on doing stuff different. That's why we've made this rhythm of movie reviews, comic reviews, and then chit-chat. I've gotten to this rhythm. I really want the show to have a general feel to it. And I changed my theme, my intro, uh, to the one Kia made, which is still phenomenal. OrionBeats.com, Kia Orion on Facebook. Check him out. I got that updated, and uh, now I reached out to the one and only, the the wonderful Kevin Cardinal, and I was like, hey man, I saw you made a pretty excellent cover art thing for uh, Gifted Punksters about, I don't know, it was about six months now, maybe a year ago. Not not a year ago, but it's been a while. Um, could you hit me, could you make me something? Uh, not exactly like what you have, I didn't want to be a copycat. And sure enough, he, he reached out to me, and he, or reached back to me. We text every day, so I'm making this sound like, you know, it was a tough thing to do. But he, he messaged me back and said, you know, of course he could, and he had some stuff going on, and uh, eventually he got back to me right actually this morning. And that's why I'm doing, that's half the reason I'm doing this episode. He got back to me and showed, sent it to me, and I got very excited because I love it. I think it's incredible. It's nothing like the one they made for, or he made for his show. Uh, but as you can see by looking at it, there's like almost a mannequin, maybe a real person, maybe like those weird blue things from Prometheus, the founders or whatever their name is, with like plugs Matrix style coming out his back, but also syringes and a circuit board. I don't know how to explain it properly, but then overlaid on top is like a super contrasty, still dark blue or sorry, blue pink men of the machine in dots. It's it's I love it. I I'm obviously a sucker for stuff I love and I I get very into it, but I think it's phenomenal and I'm super appreciative of it. I'm really happy he made that for me. So now, you know, a few months ago, new intro, new logo, reoccurring theme, and we're kind of getting into a rhythm here. Hopefully we keep growing with this and we've got plenty. Jeff has been on what, twice now in the past three episodes or something like that. He's getting into the rhythm. It's been good. Life's been treating me good, but Jeff was here last week, right? This is really this is a really tough moment for me. Okay, if you held on this long, fifteen minutes through my ramblings, this this is where we're gonna. I owe the entire internet, all my friends, my family, my colleagues, and most importantly, the Office fandom, a major apology. You know, and I'm starting to think that maybe I threw my back out before something going to something I love so much is kind of karma for the absolute abomination and disrespect and misconstruing the fans of what happened last week on Men of the Machine with Jeff. And no, I'm not talking about the poorly timed intro that brought up Would You Do Her when we live in a moment of sexual assault being an issue. 
kind of an oversight on my part. I still think it was really funny. And maybe if I had done this a few weeks ago or a few weeks from now, it would have been more appropriate. But yeah, that was a that was a misstep on my part. I'm talking about we did Jeffrey and I Jeffrey Stone, no fault of his own. He's a great man. He means well. I love him so much. And I just we talked about our top 10 in the office episodes. And the whole time I got all high and mighty claiming to be the biggest Office fan there ever was. I still stand by that. But at the time, the biggest Office fan there ever was, the most knowledgeable Office fan there ever was, and that Watch Mojo was a bunch of dumb, stupid idiots. But the one thing Watch Mojo never did, they didn't mix up episodes. They didn't mix up episodes, and I did. And I did you wrong, and I'm sorry. And I understand if you walk away from Man of the Machine forever because of what I did. I said to you, in my list, I said the deposition was, I think, number six or something of my favorite episodes, and I said one of the main reasons why that would be one of my favorite episodes, I'm not wincing because of the pain, I'm wincing because I want to cry of how stupid I was, and the pain, I said that the subplot to that was Hillary Swank is hot. Now... To so far, no one has questioned me. No one has said anything otherwise to me, and it just could have. I could. I could have just let this slide. I could have just said, or, or I could have just not said anything and just been like, "Yeah, I'm still. I'm still the smartest there's ever been." But unfortunately, oh god, that was a bad one. I moved in my despair. I kind of leaned over in a sullen sort of, "I've done you wrong" thing, and. Oh, that back tightened up. Whew. Okay, so anyways, I could have just misled you this whole time, but I am an honorable man, and when it comes to the office, I do not do that. I will not lead you astray again. The deposition subplot was Jim, it's still a good one, admittedly, Jim was learning to play ping pong against Daryl because Daryl kept crushing him, and Kelly and Daryl were dating at the time, and Kelly just trash-talking Pam, who was dating Jim, obviously, at this point in time. It was from season four. Pam's not having any of it, so she sets up a, a pseudo-ping-pong table. Did I say pool before? Uh, am I fucking up that bad? Whatever. Ping-pong table in the conference room, which I have something to say about that in a minute. And Jim's in there practicing against random people in the office. Dwight finds out, they train, yada, yada. Great subplot, but if I had remembered that correctly, I would not have put that on my favorite list. So I lied to you. I lied to the community. I lied to everyone I've ever loved. And I feel awful about it. And I will temporarily resign from my position as your best friend who knows the most about The Office. I don't have much going for me, people, okay? I don't got skills. I'm not a handyman. And I'm not very good at working on cars. I'm not very creative. I'm not very artistic. I'm not good at video games, despite playing them a lot. Really, I only have two or three things that I would, I would really hold dearly. And the number one thing is my knowledge of The Office. And I will, again, temporarily relinquish my title and hand it off to someone who can prove more worthy than I. So, I'm sorry. But, back to the topic. 
the episode that does have that. Oh, reached for the mouse. That hurt. The episode that does have the is Hillary Swankoff as the subplot is actually the better episode, and it will be taking place of what I said, and that is the episode called Prince Family Paper, where Ryan has since been fired from his position. Uh, what's his name? Michael has uh, come back from, what do you call it? Uh, Michael Scott Paper Company. Sorry, had to breathe. Whew. Michael comes back from his little stint doing that. Or is it right before it? I believe it's right before it. But either way, and there is no one, you know, Jan's since been fired, all that. There's no one in charge above Michael. It's just him to Michael Wallace. Or Michael Wallace. God, I am on a fucking train wreck of destroying everything. And David Wallace. And he goes out and sharks Prince Family Paper, who's a local paper company, and they want to steal their clients. He has a great... He gets the information, gets their top clients, all of them, and they run the company. You find out later on in the show, I think like season six or seven, you find out, actually, it's not even that far ahead. You find out during the episode in which Michael gets ready to leave uh, because him and Charles Minor get into it, played by Idris Elba, they get into it and he quits. He goes to New York City and tells David Wallace, you have no idea how high I can fly, and he quits. Anyways, he gets really self-conscious about not being able to have a job and what's going to happen and all that. So he calls Prince Family Paper, and <laughs> they're out of business. Uh, so it's kind of sad. But during the episode, after he gets the clients, he can't decide whether or not to give the info to Davis, David Wallace. They fight about it, and this whole time in the background is the Is Hillary Swank Hot debate, which is really funny because we had this debate again in our in a group chat of, uh, Cynthia, Jeff, and JJ, uh, we are going to, on Monday, we're going to a The Office trivia day, trivia night, trivia thing, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to win, because I, I need this, and I said we should name our team, our, our team, our team, Hillary Swank equals hot, and then obviously people were like, she ain't hot, and I said, yes, she is, and, they, and JJ said, yes, she is, and we quoted Stanley, and it, it doesn't matter what you think, guys. The The Office, the episode of The Office settled it. Majority rules, okay? This isn't a he's not my president situation. Hillary Swank is hot. Michael said so, and they won. It's just, we gotta drop it. Gotta be, got, we gotta line it up. Sorry, I moved from the mouse again. <sighs> Last correction before I bid you adieu is... I spent a good amount of, oh, sorry, spent a good amount of it, kept going. God, why can't I remember the subplot of Scott's Tots? I was having a really tough time trying to figure it out. I, I couldn't at all. And now I looked it up because I, I thought, figured while I'm apologizing for everything, I will uh, at least put this out here. The subplot to Scott's Tots is the Employee of the Month program. Now, this is a few episode stint, I don't know, maybe a dozen episodes, where Jim becomes co-manager of The Office during season seven, or season six, my apologies. And Dwight is constantly trying to figure out ways to ruin him. Everything he does backfires on him. So he pitches a Employee of the Month thing with a quote-unquote anonymous system to, de to uh, determine. At the end of it, turns out, that through hackery, Jim is the employee of the month and everyone freaks out. So he's like, oh, it's fine. I don't know how this happened. We'll give it to second place. 
and then Pam is the second place and then everyone freaks out and David Wallace is really stressed about the company going under and everything is fine in the end. But that is, oh my God, this is tough, guys. I don't know what I'm going to do. Either way, in the end, that is how it goes. uh, I, I just, I feel bad. I feel really bad about everything I've done. And I would like to run this episode longer, but if you can't tell... I'm struggling over here, guys. So, I will leave you with this. I'm going to have an episode when I get back about Comic-Con. By the time that episode comes out, I will have the results of the office trivia night that I am going to on Monday. If I win that, I have... You know what? I'm going to give myself a little slack. If my team comes in the top three, because it's an entire bar thing, if I come in the top three, I'm taking the crown back. Because this is a team thing. If I don't know an answer, someone on a different team, but they might... You know what I mean? So, it's not... There's no way to prove that I answered more questions correctly, so I'm giving myself a little asterisk here. If I get my team into the top three, which I believe is going to be me, Jeff, Cynthia, Franny, and we're trying to get JJ, but he's going to Sophia's team. I don't know why we can't all be on the same team. It'd be too many. It doesn't matter. Top three, I'm taking my crown back. Otherwise, I, I will have to wait until another time when I can earn it, which means I will be restarting the office. Spoiler alert, I already did. For the umpteenth time i believe i've watched the office more than any of my friends have watched any single sitcom actually i've probably watched all the sitcoms i watch more than it because i don't have very much variety kind of a single-minded sort of guy in that respect if i want something mindless on tv i'm not gonna put this that and the other on it's four shows and they're on repeat and the office usually goes in between everyone so it's not even an even four it's kind of like the office rules of engagement the office scrubs the office friends the office rules of engagement again the office maybe friends again the office sometimes i'll give how i met your mother a try and then i'll remember that the freaking ending is just so bad that i can't go back then the office again maybe a little rick and morty but that one's really short so i'll split it up by some rick and morty some the office you get my drift i just can't believe i did that and i'm you know what i'm actually just as let down that nobody pointed it out i mean it's respect you trusted me and i i i broke your trust but I just can't believe nobody even said anything. That episode got like 30 listens almost overnight because I guess all of our friends were interested. And I kind of said you had to listen to the intro, which I still stand by. And still nothing. So hopefully it gets better. But I am going to go hobble around my house, get any last minute things that I need. And I will see you guys on the other side of my New York City broken adventures. This has been Men of the Machine. I am Kevin, and thanks for listening. It's alive, it's alive. I was busy dreaming about taking you up.